0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to The Shapes of Stories, a podcast with me, Lawrence Prestige, as your host. Stories come in all shapes and sizes, whether it be from our favourite books, our life experiences, or the day-to-day challenges and issues we face in the world today. Yeah, this was a really fun episode to record. Um, Obviously, um, it was a viral sensation um, this last year uh, with the Hanforth Parish Council. A meeting that went viral, and the woman that had it all under control was um, Miss Jackie, Mrs. Jackie Weaver. And um, yeah, it's amazing to have her as a um, a guest on the show today. We wanted to talk to her for a while, uh, just because I had so many questions about how it all came about. Did she know what she was going into? Um, about some of the characters involved in the video and kind of um, what's happened since. You know what happened. To, you know that I think after watching the video, I kind of really wanted to know what happened next, and so the opportunity to sort of ask Jackie that and what she's been doing over this last year, the media reaction that she had with the viral video, um, was a really interesting chat. And she was a lovely lady to talk to, um, so yeah, I'm really excited to bring you this episode. I'm sorry I haven't um, uploaded in a few weeks, I've had a few things going on, and um, uh, without sort of pleading for, for money or anything like that. Um, you know, I know we're all in the difficult boat, you know, with COVID times and Christmas. Um, but, you know, if you're able to support the show in any way, please, um, anything you can give. It's a really massive help. Um, just click the support us um, option, which are, it's usually is found in your um, description box for your pop your podcast uh, provider. And you can donate in any way um, and as much as you wish to, um, so, you know, um, whichever way you choose. So, um Thank you for everyone that has done that. It really means a lot. And, you know, the more, um, you know, the more we kind of, more donations we get, the more episodes I'm able to bring you more regularly. So if you're able to offer anything, please do. Uh, Be sure to check out my new book, The Boy Who Lost His Smile, which is about um, my battle and journey with uh, mental health issues and depression. Um, so please check that out if you get the chance, The Boy Who Lost a Smile by Lawrence Prestige. But anyway, enough from me. Let's hear from the lady of 2021. (laughs) Let's hear from Jackie Weaver. Okay, so, uh, hi, Jackie. I suppose, I mean, is it okay to call you Jackie, or would you rather be preferred to you as Britney Spears? I mean, is it either or... (laughs)
1: Either of those is fine, but the um, default position at the moment is Jackie Weaver. Okay. Yeah, I've found that people have stopped calling me Jackie almost altogether, apart from my husband. He still calls me Jackie. <laughs> Everybody else calls me Jackie Weaver. You've not, had any, not any, had,
0: had any Britney shouts in the streets or anything? One or two. Well, I guess, I guess.
1: In ordinary conversation, now actually call me Jackie okay.
0: Weaver. Our <laughs> well, full name, full name you referred to as. <laughs> <laughs> oh brilliant well I guess first things first how have you I guess been doing you know with all this Covid stuff and you know it yesterday sort of getting the restrictions added, it just seems never ending I mean how have you been coping with it all?
1: I mean part of, part of the challenge for me is my, my job is in turn to advise other people um, so I've got you know straight away 234 not all of them at once parish councils now say what's changed what's changed for us um, and of course, nothing really has changed for them, they still can't hold virtual meetings. But now they do have to kind of go back to that position where you need to think about, do I really hold this meeting at all, um, and you know, make it as secure, socially distant, blah, 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 as you can. Mm-hmm. But I can't be the only person who just can't make any sense of it. Yeah. I just don't get it. I don't get why. Um, On the one hand, um, somebody just lost their job over having been to a party. Boris is saying, go to Christmas parties and enjoy yourself. But at the same time, we're kind of in this virtual lockdown where we're kind of not going to party. I I, I don't know what the rules are. Yeah. I'm very much a fucking white girl.
0: Oh, yeah. It's like, go to Christmas parties, but but work from home was kind of the message, which was a bit strange, you know.
1: Not from home, but go to the party.
0: Yeah, it's just a bit, a bit, a bit bizarre. Um, but um, I mean, how did you find? You know, what's your opinion on this potential? The words that Boris used in party that you know that was supposedly going on in in number ten. Do you I mean someone's um, resigned from their position over it? I mean, I mean, how do you feel about it? All?
1: Well, it's kind of interesting in lots of different ways. I mean, first of all, I didn't realise the party was not this year, it was last Mm -hmm. year. Yeah. Now, that's the first thing that, you know, I don't think comes across very, very carefully. And I guess that we're trying to kind of understand what happened. Well, first of all, we don't know whether it's a party or not a party. Mm -hmm. Um, And we have the the, um, sainted Laura Kunzberg, Um, telling us that this should really bring about the defeat of the government and I'm really not sure why Um, and if it wasn't for, in many ways, the BBC running around telling us that the world has come to an end um, I'm not sure ordinary people would have made a great deal out of it. I mean, that that government lies to you, and I'm not talking about a conservative government or anything else government, this government is like no shit show. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, do you think we need like a almost like a political reform, a revolution, almost like in terms of the, it, it, you know, it just seems that the, I don't know, like the, the trust is just not there anymore. I, I, you know, I don't think whoever's in, in power, it almost has almost like been too damaged, too much damage has been done over the years.
1: I mean, I, I guess that um, ever the pragmatist, mm-hmm. um, my view is, is look at what you can change. Rather than, you know, why sit about bitching about something you can't change? So that um, I'm, I'm not one kind of promoting go overthrow government, <laughs> make rules out, stuff like that. But what I do focus on is what can I control? What can I have an influence over? And I guess that's why I feel very passionate about local government. Mm-hmm. At town and parish council level, I'm not talking about principal authorities you begin to get into, we well, do, you get into the political sphere again then. But in your local communities, you can affect change. So don't try and affect change in your community by tackling government, it doesn't work like that.
0: Yeah. And how did you get started in your local government, I mean, how did that all start for you?
1: Well, I think, like a lot of people, um, I got involved in my local council um, because I wanted to change something. I mean, I think it's quite interesting that often we talk about apathy in local councils uh, and in a way, um, when everything is, is okay, I mean I won't even say good, but if everything's okay, I think that's what you get, apathy, because in a way people have to feel uncomfortable before they want to make change. You know, I mean, if you're, if you're sitting there perfectly comfortable, in front of the fire, reading a book, watching the telly, lots of wine beside you, you know, why would you move? you move because you're uncomfortable because your glass is empty because your feet got too hot you know something like that that's what makes you move and that was what moved me into there into, into. was something I felt that wasn't right and I wanted to change yeah
0: and I suppose over this last year it's been a bit of a whirlwind for you I mean I mean it's coming up to a year now isn't it since you're you, you sort of went you've become a viral sensation I mean yeah nearly a year
1: well, I mean, there's two things. Um, the anniversary of the meeting is coming up, yeah. um, but it didn't actually go viral till February of the following mm. year. Um, so I mean, that in itself was kind of really weird because by the time it went viral, I'd totally forgotten about the meeting. Yeah, absolutely,
0: yeah. And I, and I suppose, did you, I mean, in terms of the background of the, the infamous Hanforth Parish Council video, I mean, did, did you know what you were going into?
1: Yes and no. Um, that council had had difficulties. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm going as good as any. Issues, any of the words that you like, um, for literally years. Yes. Um, and I knew that there had been um, an ongoing situation there for over six months. So when, I, when, when my organisation, Chalk, was asked to field someone to facilitate the meeting, I wouldn't ask one of the team to go. That was why I was there. Mm-hmm. So I knew it would be challenging, but I mean, in in all my sixty three years, I've never seen anybody behave that badly.
0: No, it was all it was just uh, b- bizarre in, in terms of. Uh... You know, I think you think you know, you could watch a fragment of the Vicar of Dibley and you kind of, you know, see the, the sort of small village council there is there and the, the characters there. But it was almost like this was a real version of some kind of Vicar of Dibley scene. You know, there were some people that questioned if it was real when it first came up.
1: Well, that, that's quite interesting because um, the lovely comedian, Izzy, I think it was Izzy Sutty, um, did my podcast with me. Um, and she was saying that she, she'd had an idea long before this. Um, for a script, you know, a comedy sketch um, based around a, a parish council. Um, and as she was kind of tossing around ideas and putting them together, she said, no, it's, it's just not believable. You know? And then she said she watched the video um, weeks and weeks, months later, and she said, but you couldn't have written that. I mean, if, if you put that forward as a story, then it would have been, no, mm-hmm. I mean, that's yeah, really over the top. So kind of all those elements that came together that, that kind of made it something memorable, you wouldn't, as they say in that phrase, you couldn't have made it out.
0: Yeah, it was just, uh, just so many different characters, wasn't there? And it just, They all just kind of always, in a strange way, complemented each other into this, you know, um, bizarre video that we got. It was just everyone's um, pushing each other's buttons in certain ways, you know, and, you know, every, you know, it was just the perfect combination of what that video needed to be, the perfect people were in it.
1: And if, if you, if you realise that it wasn't edited, mm-hmm. I think that kind of makes it even more surprising yeah. because you could have, um, you know, over a much longer um, video, you might have snatched those bits and kind of, I don't know how you do it, you know, you could have stuck them together yeah. kind of thing. Um, so that would have been one thing, but it wasn't. That was in real time. So, you know, it is that sense of, um, yeah, you know, could not make it.
0: Yeah. And I suppose, so I guess we bought in because there'd been a reluctancy to have a meeting and you were kind of there to make sure this meeting did take place was that the sort of purpose not
1: exactly um i mean we have um started kind of like four months before when the chairman um brian Tolver, um i can't remember the word suspended suspended the clerk unilaterally just took the decision to do it and then um sent out an email to councillors um saying Well, the logical thing to do now is for me to become clerk. And he then declared that he was now chairman and clerk. Um, And so you have the three councillors on one side and the three councillors on the other. So the three councillors on the other side um, wanted to hold a meeting. So they asked the clerk to call a meeting, wouldn't call one. So they, they wait the prescribed number of days and then ask the chairman to call a meeting, he wouldn't call one. So then you have the option under the Local Government Act 1972, Schedule 12, for two councillors to call for a meeting, which they did. But now they have no clerk, no access, because now we're doing virtual meetings, no access to the Zoom account, etc. So no physical way of holding this meeting. And Cheshire Association Local Councils, we are here to support local councils. So they approached us and said, can you find someone to facilitate this meeting for us? was yeah. And the only point of my being there was literally to facilitate the meeting during your an mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And I, I mean, did you, I mean, obviously you said, you, you said you knew kind of what you were going into, but did you, I mean, did you ever expect, I guess the, the frustration that you were there, did, did you, did you think you were going to get that challenge from the, the, the chairman and the vice chairman, the, you know, the, just the fact that you were in the meeting?
1: Now, I, I expected some um, unpleasantness, um, and what I assumed they'd do, um, since you know, all the way along um, their objective seemed to be to not hold a meeting. That seemed to be the only thing they wanted to do, just not hold a meeting. So, thinking about, well, what would I do in that situation, you know, follow, because they're very much you know, following the rules. How do we follow the rules to enable us to stop this meeting going ahead? And if the chairman had simply started the meeting and then put to the vote that they close the meeting, there would have been nothing I could have done about Mm -hmm. that. But instead, he insists on making this, this presentation, this speech, saying that the meeting was invalid. So every time he goes down that route, I cut him off because it's not part of the agenda. Yeah, absolutely. I him, Are you going to start this meeting, Chen? Shall we start this meeting? And he goes back to it again. And every time he does it, I cut him off because I say, Are oh, we going to start the agenda? And if at any time he'd just started the agenda, there would have been nothing I could have done. Up to the vote, that it closed the meeting, the meeting would be closed.
0: Yeah. And you know why I actually discovered recently was on YouTube, you can actually kind of watch, I think on YouTube it's called Hanforth Parish Council the Prequel, which is the meeting you had just before the one that went viral. And no, that's almost a hidden gem in itself where, you, you you know, there is some extreme moments in that as well. Again, you're with the same characters you are met straight away with hostility. You know, some people kind of think, well, well why was he kicked out in the first meeting? But you can kind of go, well, look, you can see now. It's, you know, it's uploaded. You can see the first meeting as well where it was the same problem from the same people.
1: And, and wouldn't you have thought, you know, in between one meeting and the next, you might have regrouped and thought, hmm, that didn't work, what's plan B? Yeah. But no, we do exactly the same thing again. Well, guess what? Same thing happened. Yeah.
0: And I guess, what I mean, there was obviously threats of legal action and things like that. Did you think that worried some of the, the members? I did not know how long that was going on for, but talks of subpoenas and things like that. You could tell there was some, I think there was members of the public or members on the council that were a bit concerned of those threats being thrown out there.
1: Oh, um, Aled has, um, has pursued them. Okay. He pursued them before that meeting, and he has pursued them since that meeting, but they go nowhere. And my last one was um, literally three weeks ago, now, bearing in mind as we started, this was nearly 12 months ago. He still, wasn't like he still hasn't let go. No longer a council.
0: Yeah, Well, I was going to say, are you quite happy how the, the council of forth is changed since then because there's been some resonations and are you quite are you content with how it's looking now
1: yeah i mean don't get me wrong i mean it's not you know i'm not the person who decides what a council should look of course like. yeah i'm not like you know, christmas um but i i feel really happy for Handforth um that they now have got the the kind of recognition um, that they deserved the the three And then new councillors sticking in there and making it work. And I was over in Hanforth two weeks ago, um, switching on their Christmas lights. Oh, amazing! You know, and it was it was a terrific afternoon. I mean, it was you, you know you really saw the community come together as I walked around, and judging the best kept window kind <laughs> of thing. And as you walked round, you know, you could see the interaction between the people and the councillors, and it was really a pleasure to watch. Mm-hmm.
0: And I suppose. Since I mean, have you ever had a an explanation, an apology from some of the people that that were hostile to you? I guess that's an important thing to ask people that may have watched it back and reconsidered, you know, their actions and maybe heat at the moment. Have you ever had a sort of explanation or apology?
1: No, okay. I mean, in fact, quite the opposite. They still feel absolutely utterly agree hmm. Wow.
0: Yeah, even even just watching that, it's just it's just so so amazing. Like watching that back, and especially Mister Burton, who you can see does you know there is anger. There's only way you can describe it is pure anger and outburst on on screen. And you think you're watching that back, you'd be embarrassed and would want to (laughs) apologise to hand forth to to yourself or hand forth all the committee members. But there's just been this relentless fight in it still
1: the chairman did apologise to the people of Hanforth. He did his own YouTube video um, about a month later, um, and I did watch it, thinking, you know, okay, maybe I've missed something. You know, may, maybe there is a different. I mean, I, I am. I try to be open. Of course, yeah. You know, and um, you know, I'm sure I was once wrong, <laughs> <laughs> but I do, you know, I, I do look, I do reflect. You know, I, I, is there something I missed? Was I really focused on one thing and I've missed something else elsewhere? So I listened to his, um, you know, fifteen-minute explanation, and it was as if I was the one talking. Mm-hmm. It's like, how, how can you see or How can you line all of those things up and come to a different conclusion? You know? And his conclusion was that he was desperately sorry um, for his actions, but he had been not bullied, but um, Hounded and frustrated, so much so that he lost his patience.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I mean,
1: and and in fact, you know, as I say, what you see in that video is real time. Mm -hmm. There's nothing nothing happened before it was recorded, you know. So he must have a very low threshold. (laughs) There's like about a minute, two minutes, Mm -hmm. because it starts with something like you know, you know how you've got your screen, your little camera, your time. Mm -hmm. Say, it's three minutes past seven chairman would you like yeah. to start it's not seven o'clock yet Okay. Yeah. because that you know that's kind of sets the tone so okay we're going to argue from the beginning so i just back off from that you know if if your time is different from if your time reality is different from mine that's okay we'll go with yours mm-hmm. you know but that was the only thing that that was the only exchange and even that still on recording yeah. I suppose
0: during it all happening was there ever a moment where you thought maybe even both that you thought to yourself one what have I got myself into with these with the, this council or was it just you a passionate no like this is a problem and I want to help
1: I think when you're in a situation like that particularly when you're not sure how other people are going to react you're so busy kind of I suppose it's a bit, it's the closest I come to playing chess, I'm much better <laughs> at. Um, it's the closest you come to chess because you're trying to second guess where they're going to go next, so you really haven't got time to think about what just happened.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I suppose the aftermath. I mean, let's talk about the aftermath of it all. I mean, when? I mean, how did you first sort of come about that this? Had just exploded into this viral video that the whole country was just going crazy about.
1: Um, Well, first of all, you can never underestimate how little I know about social media. I know a lot more now. Yeah. But ten months ago, I did in fact have a Twitter account with about five followers, which I felt I should use for work. Never really understood why you would sit there saying. I'm in a meeting, here's a picture of it. You know, I just didn't get kind of that. I'm not sure I get it now, but I, I kind of use it a little bit more now. And a colleague of mine texted me, I think, on Thursday night saying, trending number three in the country. And I thought, you know, you did that thing where you, either you don't hear properly or you don't understand. Where you, you know the laugh where you go... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's quite a laugh, but it's kind of like, <laughs> I don't really know, yeah. <laughs> moving on. Um, and so, you know, kind of texted briefly around that and you know, gave another thought. And then a bit a couple of hours later, they said, you know, kind of like, wow, excitement, you're trending number one. So I thought, well, they, they clearly feel this is important. So I in turn um, text my, forwarded the text on to my son and said, should I be worried about this? He said, no, don't worry, mum, it will be a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> so I just said, yeah, okay, and never gave it another thought. Till so the following day, when um, we come down, you know, uh, in the morning, and my phone is full of messages. Um, because my telephone number, because of the day job, is on my website, right? Not my child website, website. Um, and there is a, literally a queue of cars and people in vans outside the house. Wow, I, I honestly thought my husband had murdered.
0: Wow, that's <laughs> an extreme, but yeah, I mean, I guess just going from going to bed the night before.
1: But it wasn't
0: likely as what actually <laughs> happened. <laughs> Let's hope not. Um, but, yeah, uh, I, I mean, when you... I guess, how was, how was it... Was it overwhelming, I guess, that first day? Because, I mean, it was literally news stations. It was quiz shows, panel shows, every, everywhere on social media. I mean, that first day, was it just a bit like what's
1: going you know was it hard to take in what was going on oh it's it, it's, it, it was and is incredibly mm-hmm. hard to take it in um and i suppose i suppose there's two things that, that strike me one is um i kind of feel i'm really well grounded because i still have and to do a day job so that um there's a lot of people that know me as jackie mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, and our relationship is based around work, um, and there's a lot that ties us together through that. Um, and I do a lot of training, for example, in, in my job for, for counsellors and clerks. So, so that kind of keeps me very grounded. But the other thing is, um, I guess it's really hard to convey to somebody how busy I am. Mm-hmm. So that, um, I mean, for example, just recently, I mean, and it, it almost hasn't let up at all. So that on Monday night, um, I was in Elstree Street um, doing the uh, recording of The Big Fat Quiz with Jimmy Carr. Amazing. Um, and I'm standing there, you know, waiting, uh, in the wings, waiting to go on in front of a live audience. The show wasn't live, but, um, you know, and somebody said to me, why are you really nervous? Um, and I said, you just don't have time to think about mm. it. I mean, if you thought about it, you would run. You know, I mean, because nothing prepares you for I mean, I, I don't have, um, I, I've not had lessons in anything. I've not been, um, I don't do amateur dramatics. Nothing prepares you for, for that moment where you're kind of juggling lights, cameras, script you've got, um, media people that you've seen on the telly, um, a live audience, and they look like thousands of them. <laughs> you know, awful lot of people, a lot of noise. Um, this is a comedy show, so what people say is often, uh, although there is a script, they often just go totally off. Awesome. Yeah. So you know, it's kind of like how you're going to react to it. Now, as you're standing there for perhaps three or four minutes, waiting to go on, if you let any of that start to get into your head, <laughs>
0: you couldn't do yeah, it. you'd freeze.
1: Well, yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, and and it's kind of. I, I suppose I'm quite good at clearing my mind. Although I often say I'm very poor at living in the moment. I'm always living for the next moment, um, and I suppose I, I suppose that's what really kind of gets me through, is that I'm not concentrating on where I am at this moment and actually the reality of what's round about me. Um, I've already just started to think about the next thing. Mm-hmm.
0: And is it one of those things where, like, sort of after you kind of like, I've just done a Big Fat Quiz of the Year with Jimmy Carr. Is it something you sort of like have the realization after that, or was it before? Well, no, it,
1: it, it doesn't come because again, the next thing you've got to think of is right now. Back to the hotel now. What time I've got to get the train in the morning? Now I've got to make sure I get back for that meeting, and then that meeting's finished. I've got this meeting right. to do. It's constantly driven forward. Yeah. Um, and you know, I did actually say to my husband. Um, Two or three months ago. When this is over, and I am forgotten, which I will be, um, remind me I had a really good time. Because you don't absolutely don't have time to appreciate what's happened to you. Yeah,
0: and I I suppose I mean, was it? Although you know, the aftermath of the meeting wasn't the most, um, uh, you know, one of the best uh, of Hanforth's moments. I mean, were you quite pleased to see? I guess the the aftermath of that, I think in the next Zoom meeting, following the viral one of that meeting, I know you get the people in there just to kind of see if so-and-so is going to be in there, but you did have a lot of the local community go into that meeting as well to to, to view it and see what was going on with their their town.
1: There's a lot to unpick there. I mean, first of all, I I was terrified that actually it would give a very negative picture of the sector. Uh, You know, I, I, I was really, you know, my, my, my kind of perception of the press was quite cynical. Um, that You know, only have a look for a bad story. They're just going to make this into the worst possible thing, etc. My experience has been quite the opposite. Mm-hmm. Um, so although there is definitely mean, still play the clip, um, people still laugh at it because, frankly, some of it is quite funny. Um, but quickly, you're able to move on or able to move them on to the more positive things about, you know, how actually that is very unusual and how that council has gone from strength to strength. And actually it took shining a light on it to actually bring about that change. So, yeah, I started from being very anxious about it, but, you know, two or three weeks in, I could see that actually people were extremely kind um, and allowed me, as I say, to move the narrative away from the negative into the positive. Um, Handforth asked me if I would um, Clark, um, or, or support the clerk in Clarking, the next um, council meeting and I said no um, because I felt that my presence there would not be helpful mm-hmm. and, and that first meeting after the one that went viral was, um, I, I think it was a bit of a farce, um, but the one after when you know, they, they began to better understand how to manage their own Zoom sessions, and you saw more local people there, not just bystanders, mm-hmm. then it really started to, you, know, you could see that the community was behind the council. Mm-hmm. You could see that it, was, it was really trying to move forward.
0: Yeah, and I guess looking at the positive side of that, you know, has it been quite refreshing? Because I have seen some young people have sort of wanted to find out more about their local councils now, rather than just thinking it's, you know, Boris Johnson and Keir Starmer, that they are looking into more local aspects of it and it has shone a, long, shone a light on that.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, um, you might think you see a lot of in the press and on TV, etc., and on radio, but you don't see a half of what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I get on the back of those media things is lots of invitations to um, other kinds of groups. So people who, um, I don't know, um, clerks to um, sixth form colleges, because they're all silent, clerks to academies, clerks to governors, um, open university I'm doing some stuff with at their conference, student unions, colleges, schools, um, nursing college, all sorts of people who have an interest in either governance, you know, how do we make our own internal rules better so they support us better, um, or people who are thinking, well, yeah, I'd be a little bit interested in knowing more about these local councils that we talk about. And there's definitely a, a real lack of, the starting point of what people understand about local councils is frightening. So they really don't um, understand that you have that very local form of government and you can get involved in it and you can actually affect change in your local area. And I guess what I, I, the other thing is political parties who are interested in encouraging greater diversity so younger people and women to stand, etc. they kind of um, have me along. And again, it's because of that kind of, you know, almost celebrity status that makes people want to come along but having got them, then you can talk to them about things that, that you think are interesting. Tell them a little bit about the story, the journey, people like journeys. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can talk to them about things that are important to you. Um, so my um, kind of approach to this is um, that if, if you're interested in changing the world, then, you know, you can knock your head against the um, you know, the national politics door for as long as you like, and I don't think you're going to make any difference. Or in the alternative, why don't you start local? And if we all did something locally, boy, could we make a change. But even if that's not your ultimate ambition, it's a really good grounding for you to move forward with a well-rounded political career so you do understand what else is there apart from your MPs.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I I I suppose, have have you had like lots of really nice sort of feedback from the video that's happened, you know, the viral video, I mean, have you had like letters or emails just like from young people, people older, yeah?
1: Inundated, I mean, one of the things that surprised me at first um, was how many it tended to be women but how many people um, got in touch to say, I, I, I'm not involved with in a town or parish council, but what I saw in that meeting is what happens in our organisation mm-hmm. regularly. So it wasn't just local authorities, this was anywhere where you have um, a board um, or a committee or a, you know, a group where they, they, they come together to make decisions. Um, and often um, you know, there are voices in that group that don't get heard. Mm-hmm
0: yeah and I mean, I mean how how did your book come about because i mean you know that that's a recent book that's that's come out your first book and um, you have the authority here i mean was that something you always wanted to do or was it kind of did did, did you get approached and, and things like was it a bit of both you know
1: <laughs> i can't say i never thought of writing a book <laughs> <laughs> do people do that i mean like ordinary people I mean, not like authors. Well,
0: I guess like, you get people that write their memoirs and put it up and stuff. And some people feel like they've got their own story to tell and, and things like that. But I mean, you sound like you've got lots of stories to tell beforehand, you know, busy life.
1: Yeah, but I wouldn't have thought for one moment anybody else would be interested <laughs>
0: in them. You never know.
1: <laughs> I, I know my life. Yeah. I do know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I can guarantee you, yours has been far more interesting than mine. <laughs> It was one of those things that um, I guess that, I suppose age has something to do with it as well, um, so that, uh, you know, I, I'm not secretive to the fact I'm 63, um, and I kind of approached this with, you know, this will only last for a very short period of time, just say yes, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think there's only one thing I said no to, um, unless there's been a diary clash, yeah. and I just think we can't do it, Um, So I I kind of said yes to everything. So when somebody um, approached me and said, would you like to write a book? I thought, well, um, yeah, okay. Um, And they said, what would you like to write a book about? And I thought, I have no idea. I thought, well, I could write a book about parish councils. And I thought, well, I guess the objective is probably to sell more than six copies. (laughs) Um, And if you write a book about parish councils, six would probably be ambitious. (laughs) And I thought, well, what else would I like to write about? Um, and I guess that my, my husband and I, both being a similar age, um, often have that moment where you're just going to bed at night when you reflect on the day, and you think, you know, something that just seems to be missing from, from people these days is common sense. Yeah. You know, There's things where you think, it's bleeding obvious. You know, and somebody's wringing their hands about what you do. Bleeding obvious what you do. You know, or somebody does something, I go, wow, who would have thought that would have happened? And I think everybody would have thought that would have happened. Why didn't you think it? So I thought, well, maybe there's merit there in, in kind of like a little book of sense. You know, perhaps there are some things that, you know, I guess that I thought of it as the the book that um, you wish, book full of things that you wish your mother had said to you, might certainly wouldn't have done, um, or if she did say them to you, you wish you'd listen. Because mm-hmm. I think, I mean, I hope that's what comes, comes across through the, the book. I'm, I'm not sort of saying, you know, look at me, I'm an expert in all these things. Because I do feel that it's kind of like lived life experience and, and a little bit of that statement. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it's like
0: you say, like the common sense thing. I, I think it's in the the prequel video of the of the Handforth um, Pounce or is it? The count count Parish council I lost my word in there, um, but you, there is um you get all the interruptions. People on their Zoom, whether it be their phone, uh, the cuckoo clock at some stage as a, someone's clock going off, phones, ringtones, and, and you politely inform them that you know it might be uh, Zoom etiquette to um <laughs> just just press the mute button. <laughs> I
1: mean, I mean, but it's it's not unique to me. We've all seen it. Yeah. I mean, that, yeah. I mean, I think in the book I make a point about, um, you know, believe me, people can see how many times you have topped up your glass during the hour. <laughs> yeah. But That's something I've noticed, mm-hmm. you know. And also, although I might, you know, I'm having a cup of tea as I talk to you, um, I, I might have, you know, a cup of tea and a biscuit or something if we were talking to each other. But I wouldn't sit down here with a plate of spaghetti or a, what, I, what I would call a meat dinner. And eat it. And not only do they do that, but they do it with their face right <laughs> up to the screen, like yeah. I think you must be able to see yourself. <laughs> Why are you doing this? <laughs> <with your breath?" laughs>
0: I mean, is there is there anything that you sort of look back on the viral video that you really, that perhaps you didn't notice at the time or? Just, just a moment that you look back and you just can't help but giggle at that certain part of the video. I mean, is there, is there something that you sort of really, when, you know, is there a part of it that really gets to you?
1: Yeah. Um, it, it's one that very few people pick out. Maybe it's like you. It, it, for me, it's a bit like, you know, when you have those um, patterned tiles in the bathroom, yeah. which, like, you know, white mainly with a little squiggle on yeah. it. And then you see a face <laughs> or something. And having seen that, you can't unsee mm-hmm. it. You know, forever, that bathroom tile has a face in it, and for me, it's the bit where everything's settled down. Um, and I turn to you know the three councillors that are left for me to be able to elect the chairman. Um, and I start with saying something like, You may now elect a chairman, but every time I hear it now, it comes across as, You may now kiss the bride. Is <laughs> <laughs> something about the tone of how I play it? That's all I can hear.
0: That's brilliant. I know. No, I've never clocked on that before. I'm going to have to watch it back now.
1: But when you hear it now, <laughs> and I say, I haven't done it the same way as I've done it on the video, I can't remember yeah. about how I do it. Every time I hear it, it just sounds like
0: that's what I'm going to do. See, my favourite bit, of that, I think a few people have noticed it, but I've always wondered who said it, was <laughs> right at the start of the video, where Mr Tolva says, when do we plan to start? And there is a little mutter, or oh, someone not too pleasant. By, by Brian's um, introduction, I suppose, to this meeting. And uh, oh, there's that little whisper of a, uh, you know, expletive, um, uh, you know, is a moment that I, I can't help but not laugh at every time, but it's right at the start of the video.
1: Yeah, and, and that's um, Alan. Oh, is it Alan? <laughs> I think I make some comments about it. and I, I Just one word comment, because I think, you know, i just shocked that you said it. Yeah. Because and, you know, as we said earlier, I I expected their behaviour to be bad.
0: Mm. No, it was just uh, insane. <laughs> insane is any any word I can use, and I, and I think um, I mean, what would you say to any any members of any community out there that are perhaps concerned about the way their councils run or want to do something locally where they feel that they're not being treated fairly or met with reluctance? I mean, what would you say are the channels for them to go down?
1: Um, Although not everybody realizes it um, because they very often the parish council elections are uncontested. So, um, you know, you might have 10 seats and you only have 10 people stand for them. So it looks like there's no election. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's only when you've got, say, 10 seats and 11 people that you'll have an election. Um, So people often think there isn't an election and that council is there until they walk away from it, but that's not true. You are only ever stuck with a council for a maximum of four years, and after four years, maximum, um, there'll there'll be a cycle of elections. So, you know, if you feel that your council isn't doing what your community needs it to do, then make sure you have other people standing for election. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, in there and change yeah. it. because it's, I mean what I tried to convey to people is that actually a parish council is an enormously powerful tool you know give it to the wrong people and you know they, they may do the wrong things with it or they may do nothing with it but as a precepting authority a tax raising body it means that it can ensure that everybody in that community whether it's the people who turn up and man the stalls or bake cakes or whatever, not only those people contribute, but all those people that don't do those kind of things can contribute through their council tax to whatever you're trying to achieve in the village or the town. And I think that's hugely important. I mean, I've, I've, I had a career break when I had children, um, but as soon as the children started to get older, I, I went back to work. So I've always felt, um, how do I put it, Um, I'll exaggerate, cash rich and time poor, never really felt rich, but you know, my time was more precious to me than my money, because now there was two of us working, Um, and I always felt guilty that I wasn't able to give the time in the community that I had done when I wasn't working, so being able to financially contribute eases my conscience. And I'm not the only person living in a community that feels that way. Yeah. So, you know, using a parish council as a tool, as a mechanism for community engagement and for community delivery is really powerful. And if yours isn't working for you, get in there and change Mm it.
0: Well, Jackie, it's been amazing talking to you uh, today. Uh, you know, as we approach the year anniversary, I, you know, I hope the threat of subpoenas and legal action stop for, <laughs> for Mr. Brewer. To... I don't think they're going to go anywhere particularly, but, you know. <laughs>
1: um... It could be pain. I mean, that, that, that's one of the things that, I mean, I'm reasonably broad-shouldered, um, but I am human. Oh, yeah. Um, and, you know, I get tired and I get you know kind of like you know feel you know like people do the world's against me etc and when you're in a, a darker place and one of burton's letters appears on your email it does have a material effect. of course and that's why i so strongly about how we must be able to stop that for other people because i think i'm one of the stronger people in communications like that and only three weeks ago had another one from the information commissioner um, with um Alan Burton um complaining that his um his uh, data had been um his, how do you pronounce it? Um his personal data had been um not violated, word like that. Um and that you know I had not handled his data properly. And so you get a full letter from the information commissioner and when you get that, you know, if you're a law abiding person, you take notice. Mm-hmm. You then have to read it. You question yourself again. You write the rebuttal, um, and you wait, um, because of course the last thing you want to hear the Information Commissioner say, mm, "Actually, he has a point." But fortunately, letter comes back. Thank you. No, no breach found.
0: Mm-hmm. I think he's just kind of got to look at himself and know the attention that he put on himself is, is you know his his own doing, <laughs> to be honest.
1: Good luck with
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> some people just can't admit they were wrong can they <laughs> well jackie um a very merry christmas to you and your family i hope you have a lovely time i'm gonna you know be sure to check out firstly this r- watch back the video and hear about this you may now let to, i'm gonna do that as soon as <laughs> we finish <laughs> and i am gonna check out your book um you now have the authority here um by you i look forward to reading it and uh, yeah you know
1: Thanks again for coming
0: on and keep in touch. My pleasure. Bye-bye. Yeah, what a lovely lady. A big thanks to um, Jackie, uh, or as some may know her as Britney Spears, um, for coming on the show. Uh, really lovely to talk to her. And be sure to check out her new book, Um you know, I'm sure for any anyone that was intrigued by the video and uh, how everything how everything happened with Jackie um, would find her book really interesting. So, you know, maybe a, no- a nice little stocking filler for Christmas or um, or something like that. You know, uh, a really fun book. I'm sure. So. Um, Thanks, guys, for listening and be sure to follow us on our social media page. You can follow us on Twitter at Shapes of Stories. You can follow me on Instagram under Prestige Books. Um, You can follow our Facebook page, which is just the Shapes of Stories. Um, Yeah, or you can follow my personal Facebook page, Lawrence Prestige. Um, Please, if you're able to support the show in any way, please um, find out how you can donate and support the podcast um, in your description box um, from from your podcast provider and um yeah thanks again guys for listening like i say um i'll try and bring as um many episodes as regularly as i can um but thanks everyone that's been so supportive so far and um yeah that's you know all this talk about new variants and things like this that's uh you know let's just enjoy our christmas and and our new year and um 2022 that's just positive thought it's going to be a good year and um yeah i hope you're all doing well and um Yeah, I'll speak to you guys with another episode very soon. Yeah, amazing talking to the inspirational uh, Annie Price there. Just such an amazing lady, isn't she? And, uh, yeah, you know, puts things into perspective. Um, Such a positive lady, despite having challenges. And, um, yeah, just a truly inspirational story. Um, I believe the best is yet to come with her. And so be sure to check her out on her social media pages and find out more about what she does. Um, Yeah, just an amazing person to be able to talk to. And I hope we get to talk to her again. Um, Thanks for listening, guys. Like I said, if you can support the show in any way, please um, donate. You can find out how to support the show in the description box of where you're listening from your podcast. Um, Be sure to follow us on uh, Twitter. You can follow us on Shapes of Stories on Twitter, just at Shapes of Stories. You can follow me on Twitter at LPrestige7. And you can follow me on Instagram under Prestige Books. And you can find us on our Facebook pages as well. But yeah, guys, um, be sure to check out my new book, The Boy Who Lost His Smile. And um, yeah, see you again next time Have a good week